0: Members of the OG Army, get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the Other Ground Live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton.
1: Well, good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of the Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J, that's Big Dalton over there. Uh, Say hello, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is July the 28th. It is a
0: Tuesday, which means it is not a Monday, which is all I can say about Tuesday. <laughs>
1: uh, I see the OG Army is forming up in the chat box, uh, slowly but surely. Uh, how'd your day go, Ryan? Uh,
0: you know, it was it was Tuesday, which wasn't Monday, but it's not Friday, so we're here.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. Uh, I had a fabulous day off, and I actually did for once. Uh, my stomach didn't bother me in the least bit today, uh, which is a good news, bad news situation. It's good news because my stomach did not bother me today. The bad news is I think I know why, and it's bad news for my workout plan, sir. Um, today, I uh, had to go get my blood drawn for the testosterone test, and they asked that you fast beforehand, so you know nothing, no, nothing to drink, nothing to eat after midnight. Uh, which was not a huge deal. It wasn't really super fun working out without drinking any water or anything like that. Uh, But that's what I did. I got up, I did my workout, and then I went and got my blood drawn. Here's the thing. Because I was uh, uh, fasting and I was not able to drink anything, I did not drink the uh, fructose dextrose drink that I normally drink after my workout, Uh, So, which obviously is a concern because that is a big help in muscle recovery and all that good stuff. But later on through the day i noticed i was having a good day with my stomach and it's got me a thinking and i went and look at looked it up and turns out the the fructose and dextrose is fucking bad for my ibs sir
0: of course it is everything
1: of nutritional value is bad for passive j's shitter it, it is it really is uh and here's the thing the reason uh, i didn't realize is because one of them is bad for me. The dextrose, I can't remember. One of the two is bad for me, but the other one is not. But here's the thing: uh, the other, even the one that's not, you're only supposed to be allowed like a tablespoonful before it becomes bad for you. So, which means it was low on the hurt scale, but if I took enough of it, it became bad. Which is, explains why some days I was only had minor problems, and some days I had major problems, uh, depending on how my stomach reacted to it. Today I didn't drink anything, and my stomach's been fucking awesome all day, dude.
0: So let's try this. Can you have
1: non-dairy chocolate milk? Uh, if I could find non-dairy chocolate milk, and i assume so. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I drink lactose milk right now, uh, and I don't have any issues with it. I have it with my cereal in the evening because I can have Cheerios. Yay. You know, as, as a, growing up as a kid, I fucking hated Cheerios. I thought it was basically the worst cereal you could possibly have. Dude, I love fucking Cheerios now. It's something I can eat. It tastes semi-sweet and doesn't taste horrible. And, and it's, uh, I just enjoy having a bowl of it before I go to bed. Now it's a good thing.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, that sounds absolutely amazing. I'm sure many people look forward to their nightly Cheerios.
1: Yeah. Um, and no, I, I well, I, as for your non-dairy chocolate milk, probably not because I can't have chocolate in general. Because they're high in the fats and sugars that commonly cause uh, lactose, and also have uh, caffeine in them and all kinds. Of, basically, there's a whole bunch of shit in chocolate I can't have. Uh, so, there are some vegan options for chocolate that people with IBS uh, find more tolerable, according to this uh, Google thing I just uh, popped up. But fuck vegan shit. No thanks. I just rather not have it. Nope, can't have almond milks. Uh, almonds bad. <laughs> Lactate, I can't Jesus, have. bad guys. Uh, that's actually Regardless. what I have. I have like. Uh-huh.
0: You need to figure so, something out that yeah. you can have post workout that has a lot of protein and has some carbs in it.
1: Well, my Huel uh, answers that problem, no, sir. No, that's <laughs> bullshit, dude. It's been working pretty good so far. I've been, you know, uh, upping my Huel intake to to supplement the calories that get in me, and I'm gaining weight. I mean, the, I'm starting to look better. I, I can tell. Uh, you know, the only reason I haven't gained more weight is because every three or four days I have a bad IBS incident and basically empty out my body. (laughs) Um, uh, Huel, uh, team evil, bad guys is a, uh, food replacement. It's basically powdered food. Uh, they claim that, uh, 2000 calories of Huel will give you 100% of the protein fiber and all the vitamins that you need, uh, for, for the day. Oh, Oh, you are aware of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and the thing is it's, uh, safe for IBS, uh, sufferers. So it's, uh, and it's, it's a good a thing of for me.
0: Bullshit. We need to get we're,
1: actual food into you. Well, we're working on that. I mean, I, I've been also increasing, increasing my real food intake. Uh, I only use Huel when I don't have anything available or anything that I want to eat because it's easy. Uh, like, for instance, today I had a couple of hamburgers and some rice. It was delicious. Sprinkle just a little. I didn't even buy the buns because I don't, you know, I have a feeling that that might be part of my problems. And bread isn't great for you anyways. So I, I had a couple of hamburgers that I broke up, mixed with rice and sprinkled a little A1 sauce on there for flavor. It was awesome.
0: So let's put it this way. Can you have um, like a peanut butter-based smoothie? I take can some have of your, I can have. Take peanut, some of your peanut. fake milk, uh-huh. take some peanut butter,
1: a little bit of ice, make yourself a smoothie post-workout. Yeah, I could probably do that. You know, um, Because uh, the lactate stuff I can have and peanuts are, are apparently one of the few types of nuts that I can have. There's some of them I can have and some of them I cannot. And peanuts happen to be one of the ones I can't have. And have you ordered the goddamn MCT oil yet? No, but I'll go ahead and do that now. Hold on a second, we go on Amazon. I forget this shit, dude. Like You've I wrote totally it down me. twice. Yeah, I know. Okay, how's it what was it called MCT oil? Yes, three letters. Pretty simple. <laughs> oh wow! <well>, come on. <laughs> oh, let's see. Do do do. Yeah, there's buy a whole bunch of different brands. I guess it doesn't really matter which brand I get, huh? Uh, yeah, Nature's... just get some. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Uh, oil from coconut. Oh, wait a minute now. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think we looked at this up already. I can have coconut oil, can't I?
0: I don't know about coconut oil, but you can have like a pure MCT oil.
1: Oh, there always... Oh, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not all from uh, coconut, uh, coconut oil? No, just look for like 100% pure MCT oil. Okay, although coconut oil is not a fat, is a fat, not a carbohydrate, there should be no concern about FODMAP content of any size. Uh, so that's not a, uh, so apparently I can't have that, even if it does have another, uh, do, do, do. Yeah. All these ones say they're derived from coconut oil, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. Just make
0: sure. Yeah. Whatever it is, just make sure it's hundred percent pure MCT. Get that. Add that also to, well, essentially
1: everything. Okay. I'm going to buy this one right here. So Amazon add it, it choice. to your
0: stupid Huel bullshit. Add it to the smoothie that I told you to make. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I'd say add it to other stuff, but it's a liquid. So like, I don't know really what else you would, you would add it to. Don't add too much because otherwise you will absolutely shit yourself.
1: (laughs) And I already have issues with that. So we, we don't want that. Okay. I'll buy the big bottle and commit, uh, now. Oh, God damn. I don't know why I have to put my password in. Don't listen to me typing. I don't don't, don't want you Ladies guys to know. Gentlemen, what this is, is a
0: new segment here on the other ground live. This is online shopping with Jay. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying it. If so, be sure to throw some nickels in the chat.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Probably not the most exciting topic we've ever covered. Uh, and yeah, dude to do that. I'm sorry. That's my thinking noise. That's what I do when I'm doing something and I feel self-conscious about it. So <laughs> anyways, Ryan, what do you got today, sir? We have excellent news. Oh, what's that? Khabib
0: Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje is signed for October.
1: About goddamn time. Uh, I do not uh, begrudge the man for the time he took off for his father dying, obviously. Uh, But that entire shit show of uh, him supposed to fight Ferguson and how that worked out irritated the fuck out of me. Uh, Well, that that was a COVID thing. Yeah, yeah, yes and no. I mean, yes, it was, but basically, Habib put himself in the situation where he wouldn't be able to get back. I mean, there's several, and it's been a little while, so I don't remember the details, but it it struck me as he, uh, if he would have worked that differently, he could have perfectly well fought.
0: Yeah, I don't blame him whatsoever that entire time.
1: That was like the thick of COVID craziness. Shit, I feel like that's today. I swear to God, I still see so many different COVID things going on. Yeah, but regardless, I'm really, really happy to see that happen. Uh, how do you think it's going to go?
0: I'm really interested to see what Habib we get because it's like it, like we've never had him, you know, without his dad. Like, mm. did he take this like the the route some people take it, where like they have a huge tragic loss? And they just become absolute monsters? Or is it going to take away from what he was? So either you could get an even better Habib, which is scary for everyone on Earth. <laughs> or do you get a lesser version, which is still pretty scary to anybody fighting him?
1: Right, right. But I can see where you're coming from there. You know, if he fought for, for his father's approval and to make his father proud, he might not have his heart in it anymore. So to speak, he might, the fight itself might not mean as much to him. So I could definitely see mentally him not being as committed to it. If, uh, if that's the mindset he ends up with.
0: Well, it's, it's kind of like that kind of not right. So like, it's just the Mm -hmm. thought of like, I've just had this huge loss. I'm not thinking about fighting, but Hey, I have to sign on for this fight anyway. Or is it the thinking of, okay, I'm doing this one for my father. And he comes out and
1: like literally rips Justin Gaethje in two. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, I think they Justin is not in a good fight here. Uh, their skill sets don't match up really well, so to speak for him. Uh, I think he's got better striking than Habib, but uh, but he also is a good wrestler, but not nearly as good as Habib is, obviously. So I think. Honestly, what's going to happen is the same thing that happens in all of his fights. Uh, He's just going to take Justin down and beat the piss out of him.
0: Well, that's the thing. He actually is one of the most dangerous fights for Habib based on his wrestling pedigree. Mm -hmm. Like Gaethje is a damn good wrestler. He's no Habib when it comes to MMA wrestling, but he is a damn good wrestler. So if he can keep that on his feet and his stand-up looks like anything like it just did, Mm -hmm. like he could give Habib
1: a lot of fucking problems. You know, Tenor brought up something. Hey, Tenor, how you doing, boss, in the chat box? Uh, he hasn't seen <laughs> Justin wrestle. And you know what? Neither have I, really. I've seen him use defensive wrestling, uh, you know, in the same way that uh, um, fucking Chuck Liddell used to do. But I, as a matter of fact, J- Justin gage he ex- reminds me quite a bit of Chuck Liddell, his entire fight style. Uh, but I haven't seen him, like, do much on the f- ground wrestling at all.
0: Well, he definitely has you know, the background. So that's not something that you
1: just lose. No, probably not. But uh, it's not going to be up to the same level as Habib. So I think his path to victory is the Chuck Liddell model, the reverse wrestling and, and throwing bombs.
0: Well, we know that's his game plan. Like he, right. he wants to knock people out in a, you know spectacular fashion every time he walks in there. It'll right. just be interesting to see... How long he can keep Habib off of him. Like, that's the thing with any Habib fight, right? Like, is someone going to be able to knock him out before he eventually succeeds at taking you down? And then once you're down, you're screwed. It's like right. what we're seeing from uh, Chimaev.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the exact like, same thing.
0: Yeah, if you can keep him away, maybe you can knock him out. But once he gets a hold of you, like, your knight just turned to shit.
1: And Justin said something that concerns me for his uh, chances of success. He says he didn't like he doesn't like wrestling because it tires him out more. Um, and obviously that's not saying he's going to have a, a small gas tank if he gets br- uh, brought down and wrestles a lot, but it doesn't bode well if that's the reason he doesn't like to wrestle is because it tires him out more than striking.
0: Well, and that's the thing. You know, Habib can wrestle for,
1: you know, as long as that fight is. We've seen it. Right, right. And Justin's comment makes me think that at least he thinks he can't because that's why he avoids it. Because as you've mentioned before, he's got a great wrestling pedigree. He doesn't use it because he prefers striking because that's less tiring.
0: Yeah, exactly. And what Richard is saying in the chat, like, yeah, Habib's a perfect guy to to wear him down. Like, I, I think when you look at this fight and we get closer to the fight, like there's going to be if you were going to bet this by like how the finish comes the only way you're betting Gaethje is a knockout in the first or second round. If we get past that second round, that means Habib's probably had some sort of
1: success on the takedowns, and Gaethje going to be sucking wind. Yeah. So, so what would you do if you're Gaethje? Just like work on your cardio as much as you can, because it's not between now and the the fight is not really enough time to improve any of your skills dramatically. But it would be enough time to work on your cardio pretty good.
0: Uh, what I would do if I was Gaethje is exactly what he's been doing. Like, work on those hands. Come out in that fight. Don't throw any kicks whatsoever. Try to stay at range and try to take Khabib's head off. Like, Khabib's been hit. Like, you can hit the guy. You just got to make sure you really
1: make that bitch count. Right, right. Yeah, so either way, it's going to be a fun fight, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, what else you got today, Ryan?
0: Uh, so, an update from yesterday um, when Kamehameha was on, we were talking about the, uh, the Miami Marlins mm-hmm. and how they had like 14 players with COVID. Yeah. Well, initially they had canceled their game for yesterday and today. Turns out four more players now have COVID and they have canceled all of their games through Sunday. Oh, wow.
1: Um, I wonder how it's affecting them because if they're reasonably sick the uh, canceling the games till sunday isn't going to mean shit because none of them will be ready i mean what happens then if uh if they're just too sick to play if how many players do uh, i don't follow baseball enough to know this how many players in a reserve do they keep i mean because obviously even in regular seasons people get sick what what normally happens like when you know the uh, second base player gets sick and he can't play that day with pitchers. Well, i understand I, at that point but when there's 14 of them you don't have that many backups but like right
0: Well, there's 17 now, technically. Uh, So, yeah, there's 17 of them. And I think the testing that they have to pass before they're able to come back is like, I think it's like 14 days worth of, like, clean testing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Even though they've already, like, canceled it through Sunday, like, they're going to have to basically pull people off the street. Not necessarily off the street. Obviously, they could call people, you know the teams have people kind of waiting from like the farm system, even though that minor league baseball is not being played, but like they have people in mind that they would bring in, but having to bring in essentially 17 replacements, like you're, are you going to be competitive at all? Like you're going to have a bunch of lower level players. And then if those guys, even on the best end, they're not back for another week and a half. And this is only a sixty-game season. Like the, the MLB is condensing everything into as short a time frame as possible. Like they're pretty much
1: screwed. Yeah, their season's over. Um, they're going to at the how many games are they playing a week right now? Like, like games every day. I think that's pretty much how they do it for baseball, right?
0: Pretty close. They have like extended series and everything else to try to fit the sixty games in. So, yeah, I think I think. Uh, I think they were playing every day this week. Yeah. Cause wow. they announced the next six games starting with tonight. And then I saw elsewhere that they're canceled through Sunday. So that would be, you know, six days.
1: So realistically speaking, they're going to miss at least 12 to 14 games at full strength. Even if they go back and play after a week, they're not going to be able to bring back their players for like at least two weeks. So they're missing out on 20% of the season. Uh, with their full strength team. They're fucked. They're, they're, they, their season's over already, obviously.
0: I mean, they're not a good team anyway. But yeah, they, they pretty much <laughs> have gone to the fact that they're just not going to be competitive whatsoever. And the yep. other trouble with this is with them, I they're technically postponing the games, not necessarily canceling them. Right. But they're in such a condensed season right now anyway, that the ability to make up seven games, like I don't know when they're going to make that happen.
1: Right, right. Yeah. They're one day off. And then, obviously, you uh, know, while baseball is not the most strenuous sport compared to some, uh, they do need days off occasionally. So even if they start popping the games into their one day off a week, that's still not going to help the team out that much because they're going to be fucking exhausted.
0: Yeah, Team Evil talked about the way that they normally do it. They would, you know, add double headers or off days. The problem is, with such a condensed schedule, you start running into, like, when are these off days? Like, there's not many... Days they can work with same thing with double headers. You're not necessarily, you know, facing the same teams as often. So it's just it is is just a gigantic cluster.
1: They are they are screwed. Yeah. Wow. Good thing I don't give a shit about baseball. I'd be super duper. I'm. I'm well, I will be super duper upset if the NFL ends up having these type of problems. I just hope all this, this goes is, away so by so September. So this is
0: the thing. Like mm-hmm. MLB. So you have the different sports that are going on right now. So mm-hmm. like. Major League Soccer or, like, other soccer leagues and things like that, they did things, like, in a bubble, essentially, where, like, everybody gets together in the same area. The NBA is doing that. They're in a bubble in Orlando. Uh, The NHL, they're doing it in just a couple hub cities. Like, the MLB is pretty much the only ones at this point that are still traveling to, like, all of these stadiums. And they're the ones that are having all these freaking problems with COVID. The problem Mm. with the NFL is they're trying to do the MLB thing where everybody's going to play in their home stadiums and everything like that, which means more travel.
1: Like they're just asking to have this same crap happen. Oh man. And I'll be honest with you. I don't really care about football as a sport that much. I just enjoy fantasy football so much. It's uh, we've been doing it at my work for like 10 years now. It's, it's the best part of the year. You know, (laughs) um, When fall comes along, you get a whole week of shit talking back and forth with the person you're playing against. Uh, it's, it's just really enjoyable for me. I, I, it's one of the few things that I interact with my coworkers. Uh, because of my job, uh, while I'm surrounded by people all day, I work alone. You know, I'm a one person department. People come up to me with things and that they need done. Or, but it's not like other jobs where you're hanging out with other people all day, like in the kitchen where all they're working together or to wait staff where they're working together or even like maintenance or housekeeping. I'm fucking a one man department. It's just me. So despite the fact that I talk to people all day, it's kind of lonely sometimes. Uh, and I really enjoy the fantasy football as a way to interact with my fellow employees. Uh, team of bad guys? No, I've never won the league. I came in second last year. Uh, I was so goddamn close. <laughs> last year was my best season ever. W- that was another reason I was pissed off about this entire COVID thing because what happens is the end of the season is right after we leave for uh, – gets shut down for the year. So, the, like, the last game or the last two games are played after we leave. So, there's always a, tr- a tradition of when we come back to work in March, you know, the winner walking around and talking shit to everybody. Uh, and while I didn't win, I got second place in a year that nobody thought I was going to do well at all. Because I think I lost like the first four games in a row. I got like a D as far as like the draft report and all that good shit. Uh, but so I really enjoyed. I was really looking forward to going in and talking shit to all these people. The club didn't open until June. No one gives a shit about fantasy football anymore. I didn't get to brag it in the least in the least little bit. One second, on a second. We got uh, Kev, uh, Kevin Barber is calling in. What's going on, Kev? How you doing, sir? Good. How's it going, my friends? Hey, it's going excellent. How's your day going? Oh, man, it's going swell. I just got home, been a
2: long day, uh, trying to get some things rolling. I heard, I heard, I, I, uh, I'm i sure you guys heard that CES is the promoter behind the Tyson Jones fight. Have you guys heard that?
1: Oh, no, I I haven't been paying attention to that other than the fact that I think it's going to be a, a shit show.
2: <laughs> well, get your pay-per-view now. September twelfth, two thousand and twenty.
1: Is that is that, good... the, uh, is that the is that the promotion you've been working with, sir? Yes,
2: yes it is.
1: Oh, that's kind of why I figured you brought it up. Well, that's kind of cool. Wouldn't it be sweet if they brought you in as like an announcer?
2: <laughs> hey, you never know the uh, the opportunities are endless once you get your, you know a toe in the door.
1: Yeah, that is very true.
2: Even though I have like a toenail in the door, but I'm I'm in the door, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um oh sorry i put I, uh, so we were talking about the fantasy football he asked me they asked me if i'd won the playoffs i i told him i lost the championship fight obviously i mean the championship game uh, i was not involved in any fights <laughs> but anyways uh, uh uh shit we got kev on you want to do the fight picks early we normally do them on a wednesday but we, we got you here now what do you think ryan absolutely we can do them no better time than the present Right. And they take so long now. So it's good. And we, we got plenty of time left in the show. So why don't we get started? Oh, hey, Kev, uh, I noticed you haven't signed up for the fantasy football, uh, excuse me, fantasy MMA league. Are you interested in doing that, sir? Oh, I would love to. All right. Well, all you, hold on a second, I got to pick up a little dog and put her in my lap. She's bugging me. Uh, uh, all you have to do is go to uh, MMA Playground.com. And this is, uh, applies to everyone listening. You guys are all th- more than welcome to be part of our league. All you need to do is go to MMA and make a username, uh, an account, and then go to the uh, OG Otherground thread on the OG and post what your username is. I'll send you an invite to our league, and then you're good to go. Uh, they, As I mentioned before, they do fantasy uh, fight picks where you pick the who you think is going to win, what round you think they're going to win in, and how they're going to win. In addition to that, they also have a fantasy MMA betting site. Same thing, like a different part of it where you make uh, fantasy bets on all the different fights. And the money and the points carry over from uh, event to event, and they have a 10-event season. So its I think we're already on the third event for the uh, season, but that's all right since we're all starting on the same page. So get your pick, get your name in, and as long as you're in before Saturday, we'll all be on even footing. I'll get that in for sure. Excellent. All right, Ryan, are you ready to go? Absolutely.
0: And I will preface this with my picks on MMA playground will probably be completely different than the picks I make right now. Cause I will not remember. Oh, and, and I will preface just how we that's just how it, work.
1: just how it pre- works. And I will pre- preface that with, I will, my picks say will be completely different because I don't do my research until Saturday morning. So Saturday morning, I'm going to get up, look up all the different uh, uh, websites that are talking about the fights, uh, See what they're all saying. See if anybody weighed in, uh, overweight, or had missed weight, or had a bad weight cut, and then I'll make my picks. So today is just for shits and giggles. Uh, you guys will be able to see what my real picks are Saturday.
2: Sweet, my picks will most likely be the same.
1: No, oh, they will. You, you actually have knowledge about this. I'm just gonna. I am. I make my picks based on what a whole bunch of fucking websites say. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right.
2: Whatever
1: Go, works. All right. Go ahead, Ryan. Let's get started.
0: All right, for this, the uh, first fight of the evening, we have Chris Gutierrez versus Cody Durden.
1: Cody Durden. Cody Durden just <laughs> sounds like a redneck name. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Let me get on the site. I like the, the, the nice thing about the MMA Playground is it gives you uh, their record and their last couple fights as long as they're in UFC. And holy shit, uh, uh, Cody Durden has never fought in UFC. This must be his debut. Uh, who's fighting against someone who's who's won his last three fights in a row in the UFC. So I'm definitely going with Chris Gutierrez, El Guapo. Gutierrez? Gutierrez? Okay, close enough. Uh, how about you, Kev?
0: Yeah,
2: you know, looking at this fight from a distance, you would think Chris Gutierrez would be the consensus pick. Mm-hmm. But looking at, um, uh, what's his name, Cody Durden, you know, he's, fit, he's fought... Let me see. He's on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 fight winning streak. All outside the UFC. Two guys with less than one win, which never looks good. But it's definitely an impressive resume when you look at, you know, a 9 fight winning streak. But that being said, Chris Gutierrez did look like a killer in his last fight. And he looked huge for that weight class. I don't know if the guy he was fighting, Vince Morales, just looked small. But Chris Gutierrez looked huge. And uh, I'm going to definitely have to go with Chris Gutierrez by decision.
1: All right. How about you, Ryan?
0: Yeah, I'll go with uh, Gutierrez. I would like to see him get another stoppage via leg kick because those are just fun to watch. <laughs>
1: leg kicks don't win fights. Who, do, who said that? That was brutal. I think uh, that, that was, was Cecil Peebles, right? Uh, yeah, that, does, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Who's next, Ryan?
0: Uh, next, we have pretty boy... Jamal Emmers versus Lucky Timur Valiev.
1: Oh my, okay. Let's look at their records. Uh pretty similar. They both have. Uh, they're both three and one in their last four fights. Although uh, Emers lost his last fight, and it was uh, Valiev's four fights ago that he lost his. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go with Lucky. I, I think uh, he's gonna be able to pull it off. What do you think, Kev?
2: Oh, yeah, you're right. It was Cecile Peoples that said leg kicks, don't finish fights. I feel like an asshole trying to correct you, my man. I want to shout out to my man, Ryan. We had a lot of good conversation on the Fight Companion. Uh, It was great for the first time being on there. So I want to say thank you again, Ryan. Uh, And as for this fight, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, this guy, Jamal Emmers, um... Dana White has liked this guy for a long time, a few years now. He was actually, he fought on the uh, contender. No, I'm sorry. He fought on one of the looking for a fights, and um, he impressed Dana in a loss. And um, he, he he's had a lot of hiccups since then. He finally made his UFC debut in his last fight versus Jika Chikadze. And uh, it was actually a very close fight. Chikadze is a very good technical kickboxer, and he kind of, Outpointed Emmers, but Emmers did land a lot of good, solid strikes. And uh, Tamir Valiev, you know, he's a good fighter, but he actually lost. You know, n- you know nothing bad about the loss, but he did lose to Chris Gutierrez um, in- before uh, coming to the UFC, and he's bounced back pretty, pretty impressively with the 16-2 record. But I'm sure Jamal Emmers is the underdog in this fight. But I'm going to go with Jamal Emers by knockout. I think he's going to finally get his first UFC win. And I think Tamir Valiev, his first UFC win is going to have to wait.
1: Oh, my. How about you, uh, Big Dalton?
0: So I hate to ever do any sort of MMA math, but I think I'm going to take Valyev here. Yes, he did lose to Gutierrez in a split decision, but then he came right back and beat Chris Gutierrez. And Gutierrez looked... Kind of like a badass.
1: So, yeah, let's go, uh, Valiev. All right. Who is next, sir?
0: Next fight of the evening, we have Eric Spicely versus Marcus
1: Perez. Hmm. Well, now you have a couple people. I think I've heard Eric Spicely's name before, so... But... That's about all I know about him. I don't know. I'm going to go with Perez. It just feels like a, the right pick. But honestly, I don't know shit about either of these two people. How about you, Kev?
2: Uh, Eric Spicely is, in my opinion, um, probably one of the least athletic fighters in the UFC. Um, I think they call him like Doughboy or something.
1: I think that's his <laughs> that's <laughs> not a good name.
2: Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's a shame because he's actually from Rhode Island, and he's one of the few fighters from Rhode Island in the UFC. But uh, you know, I'm just just speaking what I feel, and uh, I think uh, I think Marcus Perez is gonna kind of <laughs> kind of i Sam Alvey submitted. Uh, Eric Spicely, um, Eric Spicely is tough, and he does bring it. But I, I like Marcus Perez with uh, a possible guillotine front choke, maybe oh possibly even
0: a Darce.
1: Ooh, now we're getting really specific. How about you, Ryan? You want to get that specific of your pick?
0: No, uh, <laughs> I think Perez takes it. It'll probably be a decision. Uh, the only reason I say that, yeah, Spicely just—he's just, just kind of slow and unathletic. He's lost six of his last ten.
1: Oh, geez, oh, that's, not, that's not a good look. Like,
0: yeah, it's not just a good look for Rhode Island. <laughs> no, so I, I think I'm going to have to go with the Brazilian here, Marcus Perez.
1: Yeah. Okay. Although I feel bad. Apparently, uh, they're talking on the the chat box about he's an OG and about how him fighting with nothing in his bank account and shit. So while I'm picking uh, against him, I kind of hope he wins. Well,
0: I mean, let's just say this: to... hopefully, he has like the fight of the night, and you know, then he gets a fifty grand bonus, but he probably still loses. Right.
1: Right. Okay. That's probably true. That's who best is best next, scenario. sir. Yeah. Who's next, sir? Uh,
0: next fight, we have Ray Borg versus Nathan
1: Maness. Oh, well, I'm definitely going with Ray Borg because I actually know who that motherfucker is, <laughs> That's, which is always a good point for me. Uh, how about you, Kev?
2: Yeah, Ray Borg actually looked very impressive in his last fight in a loss to Ricky Simone, and it's funny because I was actually watching that fight, and they both had the same haircut, and I go, these guys, they look exactly alike, and they're fighting the exact same way. And it was during, uh, you know, the no fans uh, thing that's going on right now, and they they actually said that to each other. I think Ray Borg said to Ricky Simone, He's like, "You look like me," and Ricky's like, "No, you look like me. I'm older than you." But <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool because I was watching it, and I'm like, "They fucking look alike." And they start saying it during the fight. But long story short, I don't know the who. The, I don't know who the hell the other guy is. So I'm gonna definitely have to go with Ray Borg by. Uh, I mean, his striking is, is improving, but he is a ground specialist. And uh, let me take a quick look at this guy, Nathan Manese. Nathan Maness, he's 11-1. He's the number one uh, fighter out of Kentucky. And Kentucky's guys, you know, they're pretty tough out there in Kentucky. Um, but I, I'm going to have to go with Ray Borg for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would think so. How about you, Ryan?
0: Yeah, I've got Ray Borg. I think, uh, yeah, the, the... – nathan there that's his ufc debut like debuting against ray borg that's a tall order yeah i I just don't see it so ray borg for the win all right who we got next next of all we have ed herman
1: versus gerald mearshart oh shit ed herman god damn now we're talking old school at least old school for me he was like one of the very first fighters i started following (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, am a big fan of it. I mean, uh, I started watching the UFC not too b- long before that, as I've mentioned before, I didn't get into UFC until right around season five of the ultimate fighter. And then I went back and uh, checked out the rest of them and all that good stuff. So what? 2005, something like that. So Ed Herman wow. was, bit was big into my, M- uh, uh, on my MMA radar back then. Cause, uh, you know, he was a, uh, ultimate fighter fighter and like, you know, I enjoyed him. He's a good, he's a good guy is from what I can see. He's also getting pretty fucking old, though. Uh, let me look mm. at his record. Two wins, two losses. Well, I don't know. Uh, he lost to CB Dollarway, which is not a great thing in his record. Um, mm. God, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, this might I'm picking up my heart, I think, though. Uh, how about you, Kev?
2: You know, I was going to say uh, this fight could go either way, and uh, it could either be a blood and guts decision or be a very quick knockout in the first. But then you brought, you, know, you refreshed my memory that um, Ed Herman lost to C.B. Dalloway. So I'm going to have to go with Gerald Bershaw.
1: Yeah, don't blame you. Uh, how about you, Ryan?
0: I'm going to say even one worse than losing to C.B. Dalloway. He also lost to John Vellante. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to go with Gerald here. Ed Herman has not won more than two fights in a row since 2012. So I
1: don't um, think he changes that here. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, he, and he's won two fights in a row, so he's basically he's done. Uh, uh, okay, who do we got next?
0: All right, next fight we have Frankie Sainz versus Jonathan
1: Martinez. Shit! Now we're back to people I don't know again. God, <sighs> I need to start keeping track of the uh, the, the 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 less known fighters more because this is not fun. Uh, let's see. Let me look at their records. 13 and nine, 13 and six, 11 and three. Uh, let's see. Has either of them beat somebody? I know. Nope. I don't recognize any of those names. Okay. Pulling a rabbit out of my hat. We're going to go with Frankie. How about you, Kev? All
2: right. So Frankie science actually has a very impressive win over Marab Davishvili, who is on a three or four fight winning streak right now in the UFC. And Marab's a beast. Marab comes from a great camp. Um, and, and Frankie Signs beat him in a kind of robbery fight. Um, Marab, from what I remember, got a lot of takedowns on Frankie Sainz, and Frankie Sainz is actually a guy that usually gets a lot of takedowns. So I don't recall exactly how he won that fight. I, I'm pretty sure he got robbed. Marab got robbed. No pun <laughs> intended. <laughs> but, uh, and, and Jonathan Martinez, he's another scrappy guy that's uh, he's coming up. Uh, you know, he's not, he's not no superstar, not, not no elite athlete, but in his last fight, he fought Andre Ul, former CES champion. And, um, and, and I didn't see the fight, but from every MMA outlet I've seen, uh, I saw that he got robbed. So, um, so I'm going to have to go with Jonathan Martinez.
1: All right. How about you, Kev? I'm Kev. How about you, Ryan?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I think I'm probably going to have to go to Martinez as well. Uh, I think one of the major things here, yeah, Frankie doesn't necessarily have any big wins. He's also 39 years old, so the wheels are going to fall off at some point. So him going against, what, the 26-year-old, I think he is. Yeah, 26-year-old, I I just don't think he holds up.
1: Ooh, I might be changing that pick when we get to the uh, actual uh, MMA uh, fantasy part. (laughs) Hmm? (laughs) Who's next, sir?
0: All right, next we got the start of the main card. We have Kevin Holland versus Trevin Giles.
1: Hmm. Or Giles. Uh first off, Kevin Holland's nickname is Trailblazer. He can't have that nickname. He's not a Trailblazer. We're into the modern UFC period. There's no more Trailblazing, sir. You can't have that nickname. Uh the other guy's nickname is The Problem, and I have a problem with, with that nickname. Uh, so I can't pick based on nicknames, which is my favorite way to pick people. I'm going to have to go by their actual records and shit. Hold on a second. Let me look at the shit. Um, you know what? I'm going to go up Holland just because he's got a win over uh, Mirchan, the guy we were just talking about while the other guy lost to him. So there's my theory. How about you, Kev?
2: Yeah, I mean, you could definitely look at it like that. Um... I mean, uh, Giles. He, he's an athlete. Uh, he's definitely not happy when it comes to uh, during, you know sense. He's only had 14 fights, and I uh, came into the UFC at a 10 and 0 record. He actually beat uh, a rising a rising uh, contender in Ryan Span at light heavyweight, um, which was a great win in hindsight. Because you look at what Ryan Span doing in the UFC now, and uh, it's a great win. Uh, Ryan Span, I believe, is. Three or four and oh in the UFC. And uh and Trevor Giles hasn't been able to get his footing just yet in the UFC. And um and 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 Kevin Holland, he rebounded really nicely in his last fight against uh I forgot the guy's name, Anthony Hernandez, I think his name was. And he was actually a slight underdog. Um so I'm gonna have to go with Kevin Holland. He's been looking good lately. Uh he he was talking about dropping weight to one seventy. Um so I feel like he definitely has his weight under control because I feel like if you're talking about dropping weight, uh, I feel like, you know, you definitely have your weight under control. So I'm going to have to go with Kevin Holland by uh, – I'm going to go by submission.
3: All righty. How about you, tenor? Yeah, I just uh, – I bumped it up to eight-gram rocks, guys. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Um, We're regardless uh kevin barber see that fucking guy knows way more about mma than i do so uh and i don't know either one of these guys this guy does a fucking breakdown per fighter per fight like i've never fucking heard this guy's great regardless uh i'm gonna go with the guy nicknamed the problem whoever that is
1: <laughs> okay how about you right
0: i'm gonna have to go with the trailblazer kevin holland i uh, just think you know level of competition he's beat better names I wouldn't be surprised if it's relatively close, but yeah, I got to pick someone. So it's Kevin Holland.
1: <laughs> okay, who's next, sir?
0: Next fight, we have Lando Venata versus Bobby Green.
1: Oh, geez. Two names I actually recognize again. Um, I want to pick Lando just because that's a cool name in general, but I feel like Bobby Green's got this one, to be honest with you. Uh, what do you think, Kev?
2: Well, these guys have actually fought before. It's a rematch. They both fought to a draw in their first fight, and um, you know th- these are two tricky guys. When you look at their career, um, you know Bobby Green has um, all. You know he's talked about retirement. I think he did actually retire at one point. Um, and Lando Venata is just a, another weird, tricky guy. One of the one of the most um, funky fighters. I don't know if you know you can really call a guy funky besides Ben Askren, but. Lino Banata is a funky fighter. The way the way he fights, I mean, he's very uh, unpredictable in his movement and his techniques and just how he moves. But that being said, he also uh, runs out of gas very quickly. Uh, hence, why I think that uh, Bobby Green rallied back in that fight for a draw. But I feel like Bobby Green is on a mission. Uh, I feel like he's got something to prove. He's got kids to feed. And uh, I think Bobby Green takes this by decision. As long as it doesn't get knocked out by, like,
1: some spinning shit. (laughs) How about you, Tenor? You got an opinion on this one?
3: Oh, I most certainly do. I'm going with Lando Calrissian because the Millennium Falcon is the fastest ship in the fucking galaxy. And Colt 45 (laughs) is absolutely delicious.
1: (laughs) How about you, Big Dalton?
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to have
0: to go Lando here. Uh, Bobby Green just... He looked great for about three minutes against Clay Guida and then just kind of fell off the face of the earth. He still got that win, but yeah, he just didn't look great. So yeah, I'm just going to go based on that. His last fight, he didn't look great. Lando, I don't remember seeing him fight for a while. So we're just going to assume that he did look good in his last fight.
1: And that's how Uh. we're going to pick it. All right. Who is next?
0: Next, we have Vincente Luque versus Randy Brown.
1: Mm, Okay. Uh, Well, over here on the good old MMA Playground, they're putting Randy Brown as an underdog. Uh, For those who are playing, that means if you pick him and he wins, you get an extra two points on your score. Um, and And I will warn you that the underdogs here on MMA Playground are only done by fight picks. So basically, if you see someone that's an underdog, that means a lot of people on MMA Playground have picked the other guy. That does not necessarily mean he's an actual underdog. Uh, So sometimes you can get a couple extra points by knowing stuff that other people don't know on the site. That said, I'm going to go with Luque. I I believe uh, the silent assassin will take out the rude boy. Silly-ass fucking nicknames. How about you, Kev?
2: Listen, when it comes to durability, uh, Vicente Luque is probably one of the most durable fighters in the UFC. And when it comes to fragility, Randy Brown is one of the most fragile fighters in the UFC. I feel he's got a very questionable chin. He's been knocked out from the bottom, which is uh, by uh, Nico Price, which is kind of crazy. Um, so I'm gonna have to go with the Luque, Luque. I'm sorry, by durability. But that being said, Randy Brown has looked very good uh, in his last two fights against Brian Barberena, which he was a huge underdog. Uh, I think almost like a four to one dog, and uh, and he also he he took out um, a rising a rising uh, uh, I thought a rising stud at one time, Wally Alves, but he's he's turned out to be very inconsistent, a, a huge letdown to uh, all his Brazilian fans. Uh, but I'm gonna have to go with Vicente Luque to get some revenge for his fellow native
1: Brazilian. All righty, how about you, Tanner? What do you think?
3: I'll go with Luque. I fucking I don't know shit about these guys. I just tried to get to somebody I know.
1: Right, I know the feeling. (laughs) How about you, Ryan?
0: So every part of my brain tells me to pick Vincente Luque. However, since you said all of the nerds on MMA Playground are picking him, and now Randy Brown is an underdog, I'm gonna go with Randy Brown because you nerds don't know shit. I don't know. <laughs> Who do we got next? All right. Next of all, we have uh, a women's fight. So here comes the decision. We have Joanne Calderwood versus Jennifer Maya.
1: All righty. I have to go with JoJo for several reasons. One, she's a good person. Uh, two, she actually trains with my friend Roxanne and is engaged to Roxanne's head coach, uh, John Wood. Uh, and three, uh, she was scheduled to be in a title fight, so I think that she's mm-hmm. just a way higher level than Je- uh, Jennifer Maya right now, who is also you know listed who as an else underdog. Was scheduled in for
0: a title fight, Jessica I.
1: Well, yeah, but still, I, <laughs> you get there are levels of this thing, and I, I think JoJo is uh, comfortably above uh, Jennifer Maya. Uh, what do you think, Kev?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh, JoJo. Um, I mean, to be honest, when JoJo first came into the UFC, I was very, like, let down by her. Uh, I felt like she was very fragile. Um, you know, her first couple UFC fights, uh, she used to get rocked, like, wicked easily. And, um, and and I felt like her arms were very, like, jello-like. Uh, Marina Morose on her in a minute and a half. Uh, Jessica Andrade... Uh, she lost to Cynthia Calvillo in a fight that could have went the other way. But she's actually looked pretty damn impressive lately. Uh, she beat Colleen Jafaria by a triangle alarm bar, which was pretty impressive. She fought Arianne Lipsky, uh, you know, her being the veteran, but she came in as the underdog in that fight, and she beat her, which was a pretty big win. Um, but honestly, uh, this fight could go either way. Uh, if it stays standing, I feel Calderwood will get it done. But man, Maya is a tough bitch. So I mean, tough bitches are hard to fucking beat. So I'm gonna
3: I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say Jennifer Maya with the upset. Oh,
1: there you go. Uh, how about you, Tenor? What do you think?
3: Uh, I gotta go with JoJo on accent alone.
1: <laughs> she does have an adorable <laughs> accent. Uh, how about you, uh, Ryan? What do you think?
0: Yeah, so I think I'm gonna go with the upset here as well, Jennifer Maya. If you take a look, I mean, last two losses for JoJo were Chukagian and Calvillo. Last two for Maya were Chukagian as well and Liz Carmouche. Um, Yeah, like this should be a relatively close fight. I just don't think Calderwood pulls it off. Taking this instead of waiting for a title fight is going to bite her in the
1: ass. No, oh, that'd be too bad, but it could possibly happen. All right, now we're up to the main event. Who we got there, Ryan?
0: Well, for this one, we have Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian. You
1: know, not to disparage either person, but this is the fucking main event. How the Jesus Christ, dude, <laughs> this um, fucking card sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Kind of. Uh, well, I'm going to go up here for
0: you. So, yeah, that's yeah. why. And it's uh, not Derek- Fight Island anymore. It's just a fight night.
1: Yeah, that's true. Now Derek Brunson's considered an underdog here, but I'm going to take him anyways. Uh, I think he's way more athletic than the other dude, and I think he's basically going to take him down and wrestle fuck him the entire time. Uh, what do you Jay, think, that's Kev? That's
0: racist. Just because he's black, he's more athletic.
1: No, just because he's that more athletic, he's more athletic. <laughs> How about you, Kev? What do you think?
0: So, listen.
2: For as random and uh, clunky as this um, as this main event feels, it was actually worthy enough for Dana White and Ronda Rousey to go on Instagram Live and announce it like it was fucking Conor McGregor versus Khabib. <laughs> which fucking baffled the shit out of me. They went on Instagram Live and I was like, I was I, I was all fucking wet. I thought Ronda Rousey was coming back.
1: Oh, that was and, so
2: cool. And they got on fucking live to announce a fucking main event with Edmund Shabazian versus Derek Brunson, which completely baffled me. But on a side note, I mean, listen, Edmund Shabazian—they're predicting to be the next big thing, and and he's he's one of Ronda's guys. Um, I think he actually—I think Ronda actually manages him or something like that. She's in <laughs> ties with, uh, yeah, with this kid Edmund somehow. Um, and like I said, Edmund—he's very good. He's, he's got good striking, but he's like twenty-one years old, and he fought to a split decision with Darren Stewart who is a mid-level UFC fighter. Uh, I like Darren Stewart. He actually has a couple good wins in the UFC. But Edmund Shabazian really struggled with him. And now here he is going in with uh, Derek Brunson. And not only did Edmund Shabazian struggle with Darren Stewart, but he struggled with him in every single aspect of MMA. he struggled with him in the striking. He struggled with him in the clinch. He struggled with him uh, in the wrestling. And, um, and, And Derek Brunson... You know, Derek Brunson has some good, solid wrestling, but he also has some very clunky, a uh, uh, very sloppy stand-up. So, I think if Edmund can land something big on the feet, he's going to finish Derek Brunson early. But if this fight goes, you know, longer than the first round, I think Derek Brunson gets this done by uh, rinse and repeat takedowns. So I'm going to yeah. go with uh,
3: I'm going to go with Derek Brunson by decision. All right. How about you, Tanner? What do you think about this one? I got Brunson because I can't pick anybody that's trained by Edmund Taverdian, So I'm going with Brunson.
1: (laughs) What do you think, Ryan?
0: Glendale Fight Club is a fucking farce. Just going to put that out there as the worst MMA camp possibly ever besides the guy that is now training Diego Sanchez. (laughs) However... Mm -hmm. I'm still going to go with Edmund here. So, yeah, he did not look great against Darren Stewart. However, that is the only decision he has ever went to. Uh, Brunson is more apt to, you know, stumble his way to a decision. So there's only two ways this is going to go. Brunson's going to be taken out or it's going to a decision and I will want to shoot myself by the end of the (laughs) fight. And I would not like that latter thing to happen. So
1: I'm going Edmund. Well, there you go. So picking up your heart, so to speak. And that's our entire card. So be sure to join us. Are you going to be doing a fight companion this Saturday, round?
0: Uh Yeah, I, I think I've kind of committed myself like a moron to any <laughs> Saturday cards. Which okay. Oh. Unless <laughs> I have card. something much better to do, which I will try to
3: announce in advance. Well, right, we know right. you're not going to be out getting laid, so you're doing the fucking card.
1: well hopefully everyone will join ryan for that uh the uh, job i can attest is much easier when you have people to talk to um shit guys we got about time for one more topic you guys what do you guys want to talk about before we get out of here uh open call whoever says it first
0: if we're talking mma we probably should handle the uh the fact that gilbert melendez got suspended for two years (laughs) for uh failing a test while not even employed for the ufc so the UFC uh, didn't notify USADA that Gilbert Melendez was
1: outside of contract, so they just showed up and
0: tested him anyway.
3: And he
1: went oh, along man. with it. So you know, Okay, my first thing is, his defense is fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's not denying anything. He's saying that since he isn't under contract with UFC, he can put whatever the fuck he wants in his body, uh, which is entirely true. Unfortunately, you went ahead with the test, sir, and while uh, that only precludes well, the him from is, UFC... Is so,
0: Jay, the problem is is if you deny the test, you also get suspended.
1: Oh, well, shit. But so he shouldn't you have been tested in the, the first dice place and hope you piss clean. Well, he shouldn't have been tested in the first place. He could he they can't suspend him if he says he's not under their jurisdiction. They, you know, I don't see a, yeah, how that would can. work. That,
0: they absolutely can, and that's what they're falling back on is they were not notified he's no longer under contract, so they had every right to
1: test him. Who was supposed to notify them? i UFC. think he's retired anyway though isn't he he's it's kind of looks like it so it's kind of a moot point the, the issue being of course for that even though he's only uh suspended from the ufc the other athletic commissions and and organizations normally go along with those suspensions uh so he basically can't fight anybody with any place else for two years and he can't fight said,
0: in one or nowhere else
1: right right and uh yeah, but but as uh, Kev said, he might be just retired in the, anyway, so it wouldn't really matter. Uh, it's a weird thing, though. Um, what do you think, Tanner? Do you think uh, that he should have been uh, suspended, even though he wasn't under UFC contract anymore?
3: Absolutely not. I would have fucking, I would have denied the test and called my lawyer right there on the spot, or denied the test and called uh, whoever he has contacts. I don't know if Giblert's got, uh, <laughs> if he's got Dana White's personal mm-hmm. number or not, but. I would have gotten that shirt right down to the right to the bottom of it, right there in front of the tester. I wouldn't have denied it and sent him on his way. I would have said, no, I'm not doing this right now. I'm not on our contract, and then called and contacted whoever I needed to from the UFC and gotten it straightened out right off the jump.
1: Right. I right. have a
2: conspiracy. I have a conspiracy. Maybe he did this intentionally just so people can talk about him so he can put potentially beat the case and then have more interest coming into his next fight.
1: Yeah, but he's what someone said on the chat box that he's 38, that uh, Mr. R did. So his career is pretty much over anyways. Um he made did, didn't he just fucking suck ass in the UFC? Didn't he like win his first fight and lose six in a row or some shit like that?
3: He had some great fights, man. He 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 had what was that slobber knocker he had? Was that with who the fuck yeah, was Jeremy that with?
1: Diego that Sanchez, Jeremy.
3: yes. Well, he oh, had one with Jeremy some... too. Yeah, didn't he have a good – did he have a good one with – am I thinking it wrong? Did he uh fight Eddie Alvarez too or am I misremembering? Yes.
2: Yep, he lost that fight too.
3: But he had some good fights though. He was very – he's very entertaining. He bites down Man. his mouth guard. He comes forward and swings.
2: He almost won the UFC belt. I mean, him and um him and Benson Henderson fought to a split decision. It, it's yeah. A, it's a damn shame because, I mean, Gibbler, Gilbert, he was, he was unstoppable in strike force. I mean, he came to the UFC – as uh, you know, a huge prospect, and he, he came to the UFC on a huge deal, a huge uh, a huge contract that actually made uh, Nate Diaz uh, renegotiate his whole fucking lifestyle. I mean, Nate fucking Nate was pissed that his best friend um, Gil- Gilbert got a huge contract, and Nate was almost left in the dust at that time. And it's just crazy how how fast life can change because now you look at it, Nate's one of the biggest. UFC stars in the UFC right now. And Gilbler is, uh, is you know, a fading,
1: a fading uh,
2: you know, he's done, yeah.
1: Well, well, look at his UFC career. He starts with a loss versus Benson Henderson. And I'm not saying that's a bad loss. Uh, then he wins against Diego Sanchez. Then he loses versus Anthony Pettis. Loses versus Eddie Alvarez. Loses versus Edison Barbosa. Loses versus Jeremy Stevens. And in his last fight, loses against Arnold Allen. I don't even know who the fuck that is. So uh he he dropped off so severely. Do you guys think he is one of those uh, USDA uh testing uh uh victims?
2: I honestly don't think so. I think it was more like his style just didn't translate to the UFC. He he, he was known as a, a wrestle brawler, um and, and he fought some very technical fighters. I mean, Edson Barbosa just leg kicked the shit out of him. Arnold yeah. Allen Allen is a rising stud. Eddie Alvarez kinda just got a hold of him and fucking raped his fucking leg for three rounds. Uh <laughs> ben, Benson Henderson kinda just out uh hustled him. And uh and who was his other one? Um
1: oh, see uh do do Oh Jeremy Stevens. Steve he Stevens, kind
2: yeah. of he he followed the same game plan that, that uh Edson Marboza did. He just out leg kicked him. So I think it just came to the I think it just comes down to uh he was he was too much of a brawler. He's and he was beating Anthony Pettis in that fight before he got caught in a guillotine, so I think it just came down to uh, his style. His style didn't translate to the UFC.
1: Yeah, that's barely possible. What do you well, guys think, you can't,
0: yeah? you can't take away like his run in strike force before he got to the UFC, right? Like His second fight with Josh Thompson, he comes out and wins, then beats Shinya Aoki when he was still Aoki, yep. beat Kawajiri, beat Jorge Masvidal, beat Thompson again, and mm-hmm. then walks right in against Benson Henderson when Benson Henderson was an absolute motherfucker.
2: Now, how crazy yeah. is that? He beat Jorge Masvidal.
1: <laughs> it's funny how the winds of MMA fortune changes, uh, doesn't it? You know, uh, you're I know, you on the top one day beating people, and the next day a guy that you beat is uh, a fucking superstar, and you're not even in the UFC anymore.
2: It's absolutely insane.
1: Yes, it is. All right, well, we're getting close to the end of the show, uh, so we might as well go ahead and wrap it up. We've got a minute and a half, so I think that's a done deal. I want to thank uh, Kevin Barbers for calling in. I always appreciate your call, sir. You're really fun to talk fight picks with. Uh, obviously, listen. I want to thank Tenor of the Year as well, because he is the man. Uh, I also Shit. want to thank the OG Army for, for showing up. We can't do the show without you guys. Anyone got any final comments before we get out of here?
2: Yeah, listen, I just want to say thank you guys for making me feel like the, the celebrity that I certainly am not. Uh, I really appreciate that. And... uh and I will for sure you know try to hop on as as often as I can. It's always good talking to you guys.
1: Hey dude, we always appreciate your opinion on MMA and life in general.
3: K okay, sure. Barbs, you are you are a deck full of aces in my book, my man.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, hi Ryan, you got anything that. left? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I have two things. The first, I just want to give a, a very heartfelt thank you to Reebok giving us Gibbler Melendez I think they really need to bring back that fight kit just as like a, an anniversary sale or a or a, almost a going out of business sale since they will no longer be the sponsor of the UFC but other than that the only thing I can end on and I was actually going to throw it to Tenor to, to call us out but he had to hang up like a little bitch so fuck
1: <laughs> Oh, y'all, you guys have a great night. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow at six. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye.